Welcome to OU Live. My name is Rabbi David Pardo. I am your host. Tonight we have an incredible lineup. We're going to hear from Rabbi Natan Farber, who started the Style Adaf phenomenon. It's not a phenomenon, it's his thing. And we're going to hear from Dr. Regina Galanti. We're going to hear, we're going to hear, see, and for those of you following along, we're going to taste um, some of Naomi Nachman's Pesach recipes. In the meantime, before I off, before I introduce our next guest, I just want to say that if you are watching on Facebook, you can drop your suggestions in the comments. If you have questions for the interviewees, if you want to interact with them, please drop them in the comments and they'll be relayed to me because there's no way that I can manage my uh, ADHD and be on Facebook and doing this at the same time. So they'll be, they will be relayed. Uh, make sure to hit like. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you want to chat with me after the show, live at ou.org. Our next guest needs no introduction. Charlie Harari is a, an American investor. He is a businessman. He's also a prolific speaker, author, inspirational figure. He is the author of Unlocking Greatness, the author and the uh, host, I think is the right noun and an inspiration to a lot of people. Charlie? Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you. Um, I, gotta, I gotta wonder, uh, what have you, like, keeping busy? What are you uh, spending your time doing these days? Yeah, just hanging around the house all day, uh, cleaning. Um, At long last, some R&R, &R, some well-deserved R&R. Yeah, yeah, totally. Trying to manage 400 different, uh, you know, Zoom classes, kids being so excited that they don't got to go to class and getting five minutes of quiet time, thank God, to try to get some work done. Or Thanks for cutting out 15 for us. So I'm, <laughs> so, uh, I'm curious, but, you know, I said it in a joking way. How, how are you, um, like, it's a new world, and you're probably being, you are giving a lot of Zoom, Zoom shiurim. So I'm curious how you're spending your time now and who you're talking to. And I'm also curious if they're, like, the, some of the messages are always the message, but if there's a particular message yeah, that so you're getting out now. Yeah, so I mean, Baruch Hashem, you know, what's amazing about this world is that it's, it, it's, a, it's, being, it's being changed for everybody at 100 miles an hour. On the business side, um, the companies that we're involved in are, I mean, they're, they're, some of them are in total free fall, some of them are sort of stable, um, some of them are, have leaders that are really, willing to really take it to the next level. And everyone's sort of navigating it while being, for the most part, in their homes. So, like, it, it's not even like you can like call everybody in together to walk it through. Um, with regards to to, to home, um, everyone's navigating now the reality of kids sitting at home in class and whatnot. But what's interesting about this is that not managing the screen time, giving up on the screen time. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. What What's interesting about all this, I find so far, is that especially if you feel any symptoms of anything or if you're following what's going on, like um, it, everything has this sort of element of Baruch Hashem. It's, it's an incredible world where um, it's much, it's much harder to go through your day and not be appreciative of the little things in life because look at what's going on in the world and look at what's going on around us. And it's just, we have to, you're, you're managing a different world with the sense of gratitude and the sense of just Takara Satov that, we have this list to manage it. Um, and I, I think what's happening now is I think what this week will bring, I think last week was the shock 
at least for us it was. I think, you know, starting from Motzei Shabbos for us, um, it was shul shut, school shut, business, like it just, it, the, the, not, the domino started to fall starting really Motzei Shabbos. Yeah, really and then quickly. not everyone felt great, Baruch Hashem, everyone's fine, but like, you know, it all, it all sort of started and the symptoms and don't take Advil and take Advil and don't take Advil and, don't, and all of it like, so last week was like the shock and Mitzvah Shem, everyone should be healthy and Mitzvah should bless everybody. Um, you know, where we are right now is what we call, you know, in, 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 the, in the running world, or I just did a video about this, we call this managing the middle, right? This is in sports, this is in everything in life, right? You, the beginnings are always, you know, memorable, they're exciting-ish. In this case, they probably were less exciting, but more memorable. And then the, the back ends of things are, you know, the fourth quarter is ticking to an end, the, the finish line is in sight, you can almost see the thing. And, and really where people start to lose it is, starting now like starting now like monday date week two for some people they've been doing this for two weeks new rochelle's been doing this for a month um new jersey's been doing this longer but this is really where it gets harder um and i got this advice from a, a marathon runner uh when i was starting i started to run were you running a marathon at the time i was i was starting to, to do distance running because it was a great way to to, to, to get in shape. And it was a great way for me to, I, I was finding like all those endorphins. It was great. And, and along the way of getting my runs longer, um, this individual told me that the a technique that he used, which is brilliant, which is, you know, when, when you're running, you know, the first five minutes is awesome. Then you think like you're going to die. And then like your, your, your lungs like sort of adapt. And like, after like a mile, like you get into a rhythm. And if you're running for 10 miles, you know, that's like eight and a half miles where you're just running and it's the same thing. And the way he would get through it is he would pick posts. So he would see as far as I can see. And he would say, okay, I'm going to get to the tree. And he gets there and he's like, oh, that's awesome. And then I would get to the house. And he would just sort of like try to be great for the next, you know, 50 yards, 100 yards, 500 yards, whatever. And it was a technique that he used. And you just keep on hitting those small goalposts. And then over the, before you realize that you're at the finish line. That's really where we are right now. Like right now, we're managing work, we're managing life, we're managing everything, and we're managing it with this tinge of gratitude. So thank God it's, at least our heads are correct. And we're also managing things with like a sense of like, I hope that we're working on Bitacho now, because if there's any left of humanity, of maybe the president, maybe the doctor, like th those days are over. Now it's like, Hashem, please save us. So we're in the world where, we got to be productive. We've got to learn how to be happier. We've got to learn how to be tachon. And we're not going to do it if we're just going to like look out into the space and hope that this ends and there's a finish line in 10 miles from now. The way you do it is you pick posts, right? This is the lesson. You pick posts. So what are the, what are the posts Shabbos or are the posts? For some it's Shabbos. We don't know how long we're, <laughs> I would pick them how long the marathon is. Yeah, I would pick them shorter. They're, they're, they're dinners with the family. There's their uh, the 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 Tuesday morning Zoom with your friends. There, you you pick something within 24 hours and tell yourself and tell your family and tell your children. Let's just get there. Let's get there with with gratitude. Let's get there. Be productive and you know. Let's try to be great for four hours. Let's just try to be great till tonight. And then we'll, we'll if if we can get to tonight where everyone's not killing each other and we're all finding there and we're working together and we're getting work done and we're feel, if we could pick ambitious goals and use small posts, what'll happen, our mind will start to jigger the finish line. 
and we can play with our minds in, in, in very powerful ways. And we'll start to become more productive because if we don't do that, like you just said a second ago, at some point you look out and go, when is this going to end? And then there's exhaustion. And then there's yeosh, God forbid. And then there's overeating, right? And then there's like the bickering. So it's these moments now that you have to find small wins and own them. Because if you don't set that up now, if this drags, it every day turns into the next day. Like we took a walk with our kids and one of my kids said like, it feels like it's Shabbos. It was like a Tuesday. We're like, yeah, it does. Like the... You know, I don't know what day it they is. Don't go on family walks in the middle of the week. That's not what <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. There are usually cars in the street, like you know, on a Tuesday <laughs> at four o'clock. But like, you know, there we have to protect against one long day, you know, and 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 just the lethargy of of, of a never-ending Sunday. Yeah, is there? Um, yeah, I, I have this thing in my head. I finally got to this place where I'm appreciating this. You know, it was, it was a lot of like internal screaming or maybe external into a pillow. But now future David caught up to me and said, you idiot, um, you get to have family dinner. Like that, that's a, you get to have family lunch. Like, you're, like however long this lasts for, once it's over, you're never gonna have family lunch again in the middle of the week. It's just not a normal thing. So future me is kicking me, present me. It's usually, you know, the other way around. It's me kicking things to future me. But future me is now kicking me and saying like, you have to appreciate this right now. And that's, that's helping me out. Is there, you know, do you think there's something that everything's for a reason, not that we're chalking up the reasons, but is there something we should be working on now? Is there like, this is an opportunity in some way, not just a, a crisis, but an opportunity? Yeah, I mean, this, that's a great point, you know, future you. And, and, and it's, it's a great ha'ara because we, we always do that. You know, high school kids always want to get out. And then, you know, and then you got to Israel and you get to college and you want to get married then you want to have kids and you want to get to be older. Like we're always playing the game of this is okay, but oh my gosh, do you see what that hill's going to look like when we get over that one? And even in, in, in your job, I want to get the next job. I want to get to the corner. Like there, the, there's a sense of in, in humanity that we can't manage ambition because we let it run loose on us and we mistake ambition for getting to the next thing and not appreciating the current thing. Um, it's interesting in the Sefer Madregos Adam, the 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 the, um, the author speaks about this, right? And how Amuna and Bitachon, right? The Amuna and Bitachon is a critical piece of being able to be appreciative of where you where you are right now. Um, the altar goes through this. In, in very specific ways. And you see this a lot in, in, in the world of Bitachon and the world of Amuna, which is the, the muscle that if we don't work on now, we're missing the whole point, I think. Um, the only real muscle now is Bitachon. Like, obviously you gotta wash your hands and like, don't be dumb and, you know, stay away from groups. Like all the usual stuff right now, like, obviously, like no one's even, no one's fighting anymore about that. Um, yeah, thank God. Stay yeah, home, save lives. programs are now over. So like, you know, that, that whole shock is starting. Like it's, it's, but that's like, I guess like the, the physical stuff. Um, if, if all people get out of this, in my opinion, if all I get out of this, let's, let's just fo focus on myself. If all I get out of this is like, I can, I can, I can, I can, I'm missing the point. It's, there's, there's a God in this world and the God in this world runs this world. And in February, you could have, the world looking one way and in May uh, and in March, it could look another way and in April, like if we're not getting that God runs this world and we can't predict anything, we all knew that personally, but globally we're missing it. And if you get that, what comes along with that 
is this idea of stop worrying about the future. Stop worrying about what's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be. And if you get that, you actually can live right now. You can slow down and go, okay, I don't know what's going to be like in a week from now. I don't know. But what I do know is that I got to, it's lunch and those are my children. And there's no question that I'm going to look back and go, I had lunch with my kids. Like the only way a human being could actually appreciate in a real way what he or she has is if you stop trying to be God, you let God do God work, which is the future. And you realize that Zehayom the only chance you have is Zayom. And I'm with you. I think, and I think a lot of people are with you. I think a lot of people are going, oh my God, what's going to be, what's going to be? Wait, don't think that because you're going to ruin it. What's going to be, what's going to be? Oh, wait, don't think that. Lots of people are going, I've been talking about being home forever and I'm home. Why am I going out of my mind? You know why? Because we don't want to be home. We want to control being home. We don't, we want to do it when we want to do it. We don't want to do it when God wants us to do it. We're like, no, no, you know what? I want to be home when I say so. That's not how it works. Yeah. I'm wondering from businessman, Charlie, do you think that after this is over, this is going to make the case for work from home or it's going to kill it? Uh, both. Like no one's ever going to want to work from home again. It's like, I know I was oh, yeah. asking for it, but I didn't mean it. Totally both. Um, the companies that will adapt will, um, will, will, will make it work easier. I, I, I don't think so. I think that there's going to be a a rush when this is done to be out um you know i think some companies that are global companies will be better at it um i can tell you i was supposed to be in different places and now i'm not so we'll have to figure it out um but i think that people are going to be less home uh that's my my sense um unless they make this work if you live in the world now of simcha and bitachon and you figure out how to make it work it'll work for you from now on. If you don't, if you live in the world of like sort of simcha and you're half upset at your children and you're always annoyed that someone's yelling in the background and the whole thing's not working for you, 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 I think we will have wasted an opportunity now. And I think when it's over, I think we'll lose it. And, and I'll tell you even worse, if you're raising children right now, understand that the way they're gonna deal with challenge in, in large part will be by how mom and dad is acting right now. Because this is not a one-time, we missed the plane, God forbid. This is not a, we, they forgot to send us. This is them watching you day in and day out. And if you're resilient and you have bitachon and you're besimcha, you are teaching your children. This is how we deal with challenge. And if you're losing it, and it, again, if you have to be protected and healthy, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. If, if it's turning into tension, your kids learn, ah, when things don't go our way, that's how we respond. You lose it yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And that, by the way, is a bigger, int- by the way, that's going to be a bigger implication, I think, than even us spending time with our kids because they're spending time with our kids and there's raising our kids and you can't change some of that neuroplasticity, I don't think. Um, they're just, they're learning it now. They're, our kids are going to learn. Amuna, Bitachon, um, they're learning it firsthand now. It's it's scary to be parents, but these are one of those moments where uh, everything out of our mouth is going to be making those impact. On, on yeah, it, it always is, but I guess sometimes we're that much more aware of it. Charlie, you're very generous with your time. Everyone watching who wants to learn more from you, about you, where do they find you online? Uh, they can go to the website, charliehard.com, where they can just email me directly if they need anything. And uh, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, Hashem should bless you with all your efforts. Hashem, you have a
Amen. Amen. <laughs> Charlie, thank you so much. Okay, all the best. You are on OU Live. My name is Rabbi David Pardo. Thanks for joining us. We got a stellar lineup today and for the rest of the week. Earlier today, I was talking to Sivan Rahav Meir. So make sure to tune in tomorrow. Zrat Hashem. Um, stick around for Dr. Regine Galanti, who is an expert in uh, anxiety and stress and CBT and teens. And also for uh, Naomi Nachman, will teach us a thing or two about Pesach. In the meantime, if you want to interact with us, have questions for us, drop them in the comments. Drop them if you want to talk to me or to any of the guests uh, or email OULive at OU.org. It is an honor and a pleasure to introduce our next guest, Rabbi Natan Farber. Hey, What's up, Natan? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm managing the middle, as, as Charlie said. Yeah, that's, that one's going to stick with me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. But, um, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for fulfilling one of my life dreams, which is to be a talk show guest. Um, <laughs> I mean, in my dream, it was David Letterman on the other on the other side of the desk, not David Pardo, but it's it's a okay. pleasure, it's a pleasure uh, to be connected with you, David. He's got a Ravisha beard now, by the way. This is like true. this. What is this? This is this is embarrassing. I mean, the best part about this talk show is that I can wear sweatpants when I do it. So <laughs> keys to never admit. <laughs> Natan, you are a Rebbe and you're director of student life at DRS Yeshiva High School. Um, but that's not why you're here. You're here because you have become an international phenomenon. Is that okay to say? No, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, your, your WhatsApp has exploded. Uh, and I, you know, I'd love to hear more. You started something called Style Adopt. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, Style Adopt is a silly little project um, that I that I started when the new Dafyomi cycle began um, already a couple months ago. Um, when the Dafyomi started, uh, you know, I was sitting in the uh, in MetLife Stadium with with everybody else next to my father who completed his first cycle of Dafyomi, and that was very special. And I decided I was going to try it again. I did brachos last time around, uh, but I'm a visual learner, and uh, I always like to see things. Um, visually, uh, whether that's a cartoon or a chart or a graphic, an infographic. And I just the first couple of Dapim, I played around and I created these infographics and I put them out on Twitter. And someone said to me, why don't you create a WhatsApp chat? And I really didn't want to do that because- Getting the end. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to do that because of the obligation uh, of having to do it every day. It would have, and, and a Rebbe of mine, Rabbi Eli Storch, who um, last night actually, uh, celebrated the wedding of his son, one of these impromptu Corona weddings, and I want to wish him a Mazel Tov. Is that what we're calling? <laughs> mazel Tov, yeah. Mazel Tov. But uh, but Rabbi Storch said to me, "You have to create the WhatsApp chat uh, because that'll be your that'll be your obligation. It'll 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 be mishayev for you. And uh, there's no way I'd still be learning the daf today if not for style of and if not for the uh, the obligation that I have to all those who are following on WhatsApp and Twitter. Are you making these every day? So everybody says to me, Natan, what are you going to do for Erevin and what are you going to do for Nida? And my response is, what am I going to do tomorrow? So yeah, I'm making these every day. Um, I, I'm learning the daf every day and uh, trying to figure out a way to, 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 to make a visual out of it. Um, I, you know, I was going to ask you later, but I, I, you know, it's possible there are people watching who haven't seen any. Do you happen to have any handy? Some sure, of your faves? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do, David. <laughs> Um, uh, should I share my screen? Is that how that works? That, or you could send it to your printer. 
and oh. and bring uh, it all the way around. Yeah, I don't know we have time for that, but um, so yeah, I mean, when, when we did Brachos, I mean, Brachos, Brachos is great because Brachos is a little bit more, um, I don't know if whimsical is the right word, but you have a lot of beautiful agadita and, and a lot of visuals and a lot of imagery. And so, for example, on Adaf Lamed Vav, the Gemara was talking about various types of fruits and, um, you know, and different types of foods that they ate, I guess, in the, uh, in the times in the Mishnah and the Gemara. And so immediately what came to mind is, you know, uh, let's say uh, this kind of uh, supermarket um, shelf with all these various different foods. And I, I created visuals out of them. And then a few days later, I made a menu of all the various foods that the Gemara talked about. This one was a, was a huge hit. Um, and uh, several dapim later on Daphne and Aleph, the Gemara talks about this drink called asparagus. And uh, generally people are reading it and kind of, uh, kind of skimming through it, uh, not sure exactly what, what it's all talking about, but I, I thought immediately, well, this is, uh, we got to make a soft drink out of this, soft drink for the ages and the sages. Like salre, salre soda, the greatest, like the greatest salve, of flavors. Which is gross, but yes, exactly. The king of sodas. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's the idea. And again, as some, some dapim uh, lend itself more to, um, to be, uh, to, to need more explanations. So maybe it's a chart like this, which lays out more, a more complicated shock of the Gemara. And I can't tell you how many people have told me I needed it that day because I just couldn't, I couldn't understand the daf without it. I just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't visualize it. I couldn't imagine what, uh, or couldn't, I couldn't figure it out until I actually saw it on screen and it made all the sense in the world. Um, that's, that's awesome. And it's, it's funny. You're switching back and forth from like, you know, funny, cute jokes to like very serious sort of infographics that are changing the way people understand the DAF. Well, the DAF, again, the DAF, that's the, that's the magic of the DAF Yomi is that it keeps you on your toes. Uh, some days it's beautiful or interesting or strange Jagadita. And the next day it's very, uh, very deep Lumbus. Um, and that's, again, that's the beauty of the DAF Yomi. It, it really does keep you on your toes. What sort of a reception have you gotten? What sort of feedback are you able are you able to walk in the streets freely anymore, or do you have to beat people off? <laughs> uh, thank God, I'm able to walk in the streets, um, not into my parents' house because when I walk in, you know, they're they're all they're all praising me for all my good work. But um, but thank God, I've gotten responses from from places like Israel, from South Africa, from uh, countries and states uh, all over. People who who really responded to it very nicely. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure whether to take it seriously until I saw one of your very early Dauphin was sponsored by Rabbi Leibowitz. Well, Rabbi, he knows Leibowitz, the Rabbi Leibowitz has been a big supporter of mine, not only for that one sponsorship, but also uh, always a supporter of mine, pushing me to keep learning and to keep growing and to, uh, to continue this um, because uh, he's obviously uh, a Marbitz Torah par excellence and knows knows the value of being Marbet's Torah in a, in a engaging and clear manner. Uh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Have you gotten a sort of like interesting, unexpected feedback from, from embarking on this project? Something you wouldn't have expected when you started? You know, it's not about the unexpected, but it's, uh, it's more about the connections that I've made with people, like I said, around the world. And that's really what Rabbi Meir Shapiro intended when he, when he founded the Daf Yomi, was to connect with people all, all over the world. Um, you know, he imagined that if you took a boat ride to another country, you'd be able to learn the same daf. Little did he know that many, many years later, uh, I can send a visual to someone across the world uh, that, that moment. And I think the reason why it's taken off is because um, 
for better or for worse, people's uh, people's attention has uh, dwindled uh, these days. And uh, you know, there's the uh, the thirty minute off, the eight minute off, and these are all wonderful, wonderful programs. Uh, but sometimes people don't even have time for the uh, for the smaller, for the shorter DAP. And I think that the uh, I think what's great about the style of DAP is that people stop at a red light and. Uh, whether whether or not they should, but they can quickly look at their phone and uh, maybe maybe red light maybe red light not an endorsement maybe not the best example, but they can stop for a moment and quickly glance at the style of and get a a quick recap of what they learned that day. Um, is that is that sort of how you you're hoping that it, people are using it for Hazara as well? I think I, you know it did start as a uh, as Hazara. The, the real reason it started was because Rabbi Leibowitz, my Rebbe. Um, he always he always taught us that when you learn a daf gemara, the first thing you should do after learning that daf is try to think what are the top three what are the top three points on that daf. And Rabbi Leibowitz, in every page of his own gemara, he has on the top top margin the three points, the three main points. And I decided let me take those three main points and try to create a visual out of it. But as the daf as the dafim got more complicated. It turned into not only a Hazara, but a, a, a vehicle through which I can explain or help people understand more easily uh, some of the more complicated Shaka Vitarias on, on the top. Have you taken your newfound comic creating abilities or think of it more as a comic or as an infographic? I like to call it an infographic. Okay. Have you have you taken that into the classroom? Are you uh, are you creating uh, content for your students that way? Well, this kind of stuff started way before style it off in the classroom. I mean, in my classroom, there's something always visual on the board, um, colorful visual slides, just like this. Every sugi that I teach looks exactly like this, um, and I'm developing a website now where people can check out those sugis. Um, and uh, right now, you can see that style dash a dash doff.com but we're developing a, another website or i'm developing I, I i say we i don't know why it's, no it sounds good it sounds very fancy yeah, you got a whole team it sounds good when you say we i got a whole team i do i do have a rabbinical committee that is the truth do you yes that's important yes yeah i mean you could talk about wix i like i have a you have guys in tel aviv like uh these crackerjack developers that's right that's right working for me non-stop on the free account exactly exactly um, so you're building that site, but that's not that's not ready to talk about. Not ready to talk. We can talk about it, but it's not ready to uh, to be sent out and to to to, to be checked out. Um, very awesome. Okay, so people want to get that. People want. We're a bit late on like the chizuk on Shabbos. The truth is, I need some chizuk because I'm I think 14 daffin behind and. Uh, but well, I'm, I'm not out. I'm not out yet. You, you, first of all, you're not out, as Rabbi Franz said. Uh, what is it? Perfection is the evil of. It's the enemy of the good. Enemy of the good. That's right. I, you see how how closely I was listening that day. Um, but uh, you can always jump in. Uh, right now in Shabbos, we've gotten past the Rashios. We've gotten past some of the complicated Rashios Aram Rashios Ayakid. This is a this is a good time to jump in. Okay. So so for people who need the chizuk, where how how do they join the WhatsApp group, or where do they go, or how do they get involved? So the best thing is to do is to uh, email me at styleadaf.com, styleadaf at gmail, sorry, at gmail.com. Um, the best place to find me right now is in my house. I'll, I'll be here for, I'll be here for a little while. Um, but uh, styleadaf at gmail.com is the best way for you to send me an, uh, an email. I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to the WhatsApp chat. You can find me on Twitter at styleadaf, on Instagram at styleadaf. Send me private messages and I, I'd love to share, I'd love to share this with you. And of course, I love the feedback that people have been giving me, whether that's a correcting me on a mistake I made, um, a typo, 
um, something that I understood incorrectly. That's the beauty, again, that's the beauty of the Dafyomi is that we can all share. Um, people have told me that I've translated something wrong and that's, that's welcome feedback, of course. That's, that's wonderful, that's beautiful. Uh, that's terrific. So Yoshikaruch to you for being Marvitz Torah in a totally new way, really taking the ethos of Dafyomi and, uh, and pushing it one step further. Thank you, David. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's a pleasure to reconnect with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time since uh, NorCal. Yeah. Maybe meet there. All right. In the meantime, uh, good luck. Hatzlacha. Thank you so much, David. Thanks, Natan. Those of you tuning in, you are on OU Live. My name is Rabbi David Pardo. Please, uh, you're watching on the website. If you're watching on Facebook, hit like. On YouTube, hit subscribe. Um, let us know what you think, how we're doing, and who you'd like to see OU Live at OU.org or drop it in the comments. I noticed I got uh, a question and missed it, sorry. Um, get those questions ready for our next guest. It is a total pleasure to introduce Dr. Regine Galanti. Dr. Galanti is the founder of Long Island Behavioral, has uh, expertise in OCD and anxiety, parenting and behavior problems. She is an expert at CBT and exposure therapy. She's also the author of Anxiety Relief for Teens. Um, I imagine has a couple of uh, key ideas that'd be helpful for us, some of us right now. Um, Dr. Galanti, you um, flip your video on. So this is a really important exercise in managing anxiety and stress right now as we speak live all together. We're sharing this. <laughs> You're on mute. On, there you go. Okay, I'm good. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Doc, can you rate my uh, ability to to handle stress and anxiety on a on a zero to ten? Can we get a grade there? <laughs> so far, so good. Okay. What do you want to see? How you doing? How you holding up? Good. How about you? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm sure. I'm sure you are still um, running, managing your practice. I'm sure people are still coming through and have uh, what you know what to work on. So, and, yep, definitely do. <laughs> People are still anxious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you say more? Is there is there a spike in the uh, anxiety? A spike in clients? A spike in so people's cases? Definitely, there's a spike in anxiety. I don't think there's a spike in patients yet, but I think that's because people are in crisis mode. They need to help themselves first, and then they can kind of think about calling out and asking for help. But um, where pre-spike would be my guess. Okay. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, at, at the right time for the right reason. So I'm curious, what do, what do you want people to know about managing unexpected circumstances? Um, so one of the biggest things I want people to know is that we didn't choose to be here, that you didn't choose to homeschool your kids. You didn't choose to work from home every single day. Maybe you did before, but you know, it's a little bit different now. Um, you didn't choose to do all these things without being able to leave your house and without the support you normally have. So that um, we're all allowed a certain amount of slack that, we, that wouldn't be the case if we just decided voluntarily to live this way. So 
if you're doing just good enough, if you're being just a good enough parent right now, that's perfect. Uh, what sort of emotional reactions should we be reserving? What, what's, what's okay? So really everything. <laughs> if you're feeling more tense, feeling more anxious, you're angry, you're irritable, um, you're finding yourself be a lot, being a lot less patient for your kids um, and for yourself and for your spouse. <laughs> um, totally normal. Um, it's also normal to feel very disconnected. If you don't know what you're feeling, that's also really, really common in a crisis like this. Um, that's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. It's like our body's way of saying, wait, hold up. Let's see what's happening here. Let's figure this out. Let's give ourselves some extra time. And that's good because um, I, I do a lot of anxiety treatment, anxiety in kids, anxiety in teens. Um, and anxiety is a response that you get when, when you're under threat. So a lot of times that um, anxiety is a false alarm. I talk to my patients about this all the time. Anxiety is a false alarm. What's going on right now is, is not a real threat. You're reacting as if your house is on fire, but your house is not on fire. But now our house is on fire. <laughs> it's an actual- You're saying the, all the anxiety is actually like evolutionary, like right there, key on, locked on target. Yes, it's locked on target. It's let's protect ourselves. So if you're anxious because you bumped into someone and oh my God, I touched them, that's good because it'll make you go home and shower and like change all your clothes and that'll actually burn make them. you safer. Yeah, burn them better. Just get rid of them. Which is, if you asked me a month ago, you know, like that's the kind of thing I do. And I'd be like, no, don't burn your clothes. Let's get rid of the Purell. Let's relax. You don't need to wash your hands for 30 seconds. You'll be okay. And now it's like, nope, everybody wash their hands for 30 seconds. That's that's recommended right now and that's good this is what our bodies are meant to do can this we agree though, that for. the buying of the toilet paper is still abnormal can oh we... it's still abnormal yes okay. that what's that gonna do like <laughs> I understand. yeah i i'm not sure how adaptive that was but that idea of like i need to do something like let me just do something right now that's good and that's healthy and that's kind of what we're in for um yeah so we also know it's, we're very adaptable. So we'll adapt to this, especially if it goes on for a while. We'll get used to this. Our kids will get used to this. And that's a good thing here. That's not a bad thing. Um, I, from, your, from your mouth, the God's ears, what, um, <laughs> let me ask you, what are you seeing in your own practice? Um, so it's interesting because I, I'm an anxiety therapist. It's kind of like I was set up for this. Um, but what I'm finding is that I've obviously had to move everything online and that goes with its own challenges. Um, you know, face to face, like it's much easier to connect to people. And I think that's something that a lot of people are struggling with, not just me as a therapist, having to see my patients through a screen, like talking to you instead of like a face to face conversation through a screen is a little trickier. Where do I look? How do I do this? Um, all those things are normal but it's also super important to connect. So it's a lot more draining, but it's really important. And also I see a ton of kids. So um, that becomes a little tricky because how do I engage a seven-year-old through a screen and forget about a seven-year-old who's anxious, a seven-year-old who's ADHD who's running all around the room. <laughs> like, okay, what are we gonna do now? How am I gonna engage you? So I'm engaging parents a lot more to be like, okay, I'm gonna teach you the skills because I need you to partner with me if we're gonna make this work because it's really important that we make this work. So let's, let's do this together. Um, what skills do you teach parents or what skills do you want 
parents who are watching, it doesn't have to be parents, I guess people are uh, managing their own, uh, their own stress and anxiety or their, their partners, what sort of skills would you like to uh, leave us with, teach us? So a big one for me is self-compassion. Um, so self-compassion, people always say, okay, well, what does that mean? So it's really the same as compassion for others. So when I see someone who's struggling and, I, and my heart goes out to them and I'm like, hey, how can I help them? And this must be so hard for them right now. Um, that's compassion. So how do we do that even for ourselves? Um, and one quick way to do that for, for yourself is really to ask yourself, okay, um, what would I be telling a friend who's suffering in the same situation that I am right now? If my, um, if my, if I'm not managing my kids as well as I would, and I don't, um, you know, and I'm trying to keep everything together and I end up yelling at my kids, what would I say? Or if my friend was on a work phone call and was not as prepared as they normally were because they have three different devices going on and schedules to manage, what would I say to them? And then flipping it and saying, what would I say to myself instead? So that's one strategy I use a lot. Um, Sorry, what would I say to my, meaning you, you figure out what you say to someone else based on what you say to yourself? Or the opposite, you figure opposite. out what you would say to someone else because we're generally much better at giving other people good advice great advice <laughs> and then flip it and say, you know it, but yeah sometimes that kind of advice but also your good friends you're much willing to more willing to say no you yelled at your kids because you're a human being who's under a ton of stress right now calm down a little bit it's okay you're not going to ruin their lives um and then remember that that because you yelled at your kids it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent it means you're a parent who's under a lot of stress right now and it's okay to cut yourself a, a break so what, what if you can't, by the way, <laughs> not, and I'm not speaking from experience because um, you don't know not. me, but I'm like very cool and calm and collected under pressure, especially with, with my four children. Uh, but what if, what if you're just like totally overwhelmed and, and you're ala panim and you just, you can't manage. So first self-care is really important. You take care of yourself it makes it a lot easier to take care of others, right? It's the oxygen mask you put on your own. Well, when one day we all get on planes again, then you, then you can help someone else. It's important to, um, Zara, to remember what going on yeah. planes is like. Well, gonna, you might not have those videos when we come back. Uh, that's true. They'll still be YouTube. We can still find them. Um, so give yourself a time out if you need to. If you know you're so overwhelmed and you're going to snap at your kids, you know, put yourself in your room and lock the door for five minutes. It's not going to kill anyone. Um, you know, prioritize yourself. So if that means sitting outside, going for a walk, if you're not under quarantine, um, making yourself a lunch, not only for your kids, like, you know, you are allowed to eat lunch too. Um, prioritize that. Kind of carve out space for yourself. And then one other suggestion I have is to break up your day into small chunks. So um, one day at a time, definitely, but even... It could be one minute at a time. It could be five minutes at a time. Um, survive through breakfast and then breakfast to lunch and then lunch through the end of whatever school day and then um, just get through dinner and then just put the kids to bed and then fall asleep on the couch. But then you made it through a day. <laughs> Congratulations. This is actually, this, this is unplanned. Char Charlie's like same piece was managing the middle of the race. You, know, <laughs> you could just make it to the next goalpost, like keep yourself goalposts. And then, you know, you could do anything for five seconds. If you just count to five, you know, I could, I could yeah. for five seconds. Yeah. So it's 
five seconds at a time and it will get easier. I promise it will get easier. Our brains are so good at like making things normal, even when they're not. So like, it'll get easier. <laughs> can, can I ask a flip question? Cause we're talking a lot about, um, about uh, managing being with parents and stress. And it speaks to me a little selfish, but what about the sorts of feelings that people are coping with right now who don't have kids around and don't have a spouse around who are living by themselves? Mm -hmm. So maybe less anxiety, maybe more isolation, isolation, loneliness. So one strategy that works really for everyone is you need to figure out how to create a routine. So figure out how to what, like how to basically create structure in your life. That's something for everyone. We know that lack of structure makes everyone feel down. Um, So this is a skill that's important for parents and people with crazy lives because it's going to anchor you. But it's also super important for people who are alone because if they don't have those things to anchor themselves, then you're going to get lost in it. And then another suggestion I have for those people is um, find a skill that you can learn and master while you're kind of stuck at home. So it could be you have a guitar lying around that you haven't touched in 10 years. Great. Like find it, figure out how to play something badly move towards mastery of something like, you know, uh, some knitting or something that you can really learn and get better at because that we know prevents some of those feelings of isolation and loneliness, which is really helpful. That's fascinating. Why? What is, what does mastery have to do with, with, I mean, social isolation has to do with our human need to connect to other people. And then mastery has to do with i don't know is that is that the same track you're it's almost like connecting to yourself it's making yourself feel good about your ta- like something that you're doing so uh, you know you need to find ways to basically bring your outside connections inside so you know we taught, taught my grandmother how to do a group zoom zoom phone call so that was great so she could see everybody so finding ways to connect to others is super important but just finding ways to to Fill that time if you have the time, right? That always looks better on the flip side of the coin. Like, oh, time, that would be so amazing to have right now. But I also see how like people who have nothing but time right now, that's super challenging. So giving yourself something like, oh, like that you're getting better at something. We know that's a skill that that feels like incredible. (laughs) So um, you can do that. Even if it's a skill you normally would have never like learned French or something, um, never would have picked up. (laughs) <laughs> you can get better wow. at that. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking about getting back to that book, but I'm not in the category of people who don't have <laughs> little humans hanging off of them. <laughs> and French didn't go so well. That was three years of high school down the drain. Do you, Doc, do you have a final message um, that you really want people listening to, to hear and internalize? Yeah, so I think my big message is that we can't change our circumstances right now. We're all in this. Um, but we can decide the kind of people we want to be while we're in it. So uh, the kind of parent you want to be, the child, sibling, spouse, that's something we absolutely can, can control. So what we need to be thinking about is how to act within our values. Um, and that also we're going to mess up. So when we mess up, we're going to have to forgive ourselves, brush ourselves off and try again. So um, accept the uncertainty and kind of try to become the best person we are through it. My thing. <laughs> those are key important takeaways. Um, Doc, for those of you, uh, for everyone out out in the TV land who want to learn more from you, learn more about you, where do they find you? So I have a website, longislandbehavioral.com. 
I actually have a book coming out next week. If anyone has anxious teens, is it actually <laughs> coming out next week? <laughs> Literally, the ebook is out right now, and I think it's going to be discounted tomorrow. If anyone wants to check Amazon, <laughs> the pre-order. The pre-order. So what's it called? Yeah. Um, anxiety relief for teens. That's um, great. Is that your first book? Yes, my first book. Wow. When did you find the time to write a book? I don't know. Not, not <laughs> before during, this. Before this. <laughs> Definitely not now. <laughs> so I, ex- I expect two more books by the end of the uh, the quarantine. Uh, oh, absolutely. Crisis. With all my free time. <laughs> oh, amazing. Dr. Galanti, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> uh, it's a total pleasure. You are on OU Live. I'm your host, Rabbi David Pardo. It is a really exciting uh Really exciting time right now, and we're really excited for our next guest. There we go. Uh, really excited for our next guest. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. We have a stellar lineup. We are here every night, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so, you know, subscribe on YouTube or sign up on the website or um, hit like on Facebook. It's my total pleasure to introduce a friend of mine, Naomi Nachman, also known as the Aussie Gourmet, a star caterer and a um, author and a incredibly proficient chef. Uh, Naomi, you're there with us. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Did I get it? And see you. Yes. Look, it worked. This old lady can learn technology. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> are we in the face-off kitchen? Um, actually, you're in my upstairs kitchen. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Slowly getting tours. Behind me, but are here. those all yours? Um, no. These are mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's, I've wrote a Pesach book. It only comes alive like once a year for three or four weeks. So... Now's the time. Now is the time yeah. to stock up. Nothing it's to do but time to read. <laughs> yeah, but the re- my collection is up here, written by colleagues and friends and people who I admire. So I stay in the kitchen with me. That's that's terrific. How are you? Um, you're you're busy now with with Pesach prep, I imagine. With oh my god, orders. so Pesach season starts me around Hanukkah. Um, I'm a personal chef, so I kind of take in orders and deal with my customers starting from around Hanukkah time. People book me then. And then um, busy writing new recipes, development. I actually was guest editor. It's my latest baby, Flashix magazine. I'm the guest editor. And I have to say it's really nice to be in a magazine, Jewish magazine, with my picture in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, controversial. Wait, I feel like a loser for not knowing that there's a magazine called Flayshigs. It is. A ma- are you a meat eater? I yeah. So this is great. It's called Flayshigs. It's been out a little over a year. It's fabulous. Um, there I am talking about the game plans on Pesach with my own picture, cool. which is so controversial. <laughs> um, having women pictures in magazines, but yeah, it's just it's a great magazine, and they asked me to be guest editor for the um, Flayshicks. Look at this, Naomi's Ultimate Pesach, all brand new recipes. Um, Yeah, so so Pesach is really my busy season and I I love it. Like I could be in the kitchen all day and all night and that's good. (laughs) It's a good thing. And you probably are close to, something close to that. Sorry? 
And you probably are something close to that all day and all night. Oh yeah, yeah. My day started at about seven thirty this morning, um, and it's still going now because I'm waiting for food to cool and label and put away and strike off that I did it, and everything gets assigned to a client. It's I've been doing this for sixteen years. I like got it down to a science. Wow, wow. So there are actually thousands of people actually watching right now in their kitchen with with all their ingredients ready because they want to be able to follow along. Is there a an easy Pesach recipe for the thousands of people who are spending Pesach at home for the first time <laughs> in, you know, in their I've adult had, lives? I've had a lot of panic phone calls, Instagram messages, um, very big on Instagram. And I've had, and I've actually answered. I have a specialist in anxiety was on just a couple minutes ago. I, I did. I did catch the end of that mastering something. Yeah. I, I actually, once this is over, I've actually decided I want to learn sous vide cooking, mm-hmm. that, that whole new concept, and Very cast trendy. iron cooking. So after, so you know what sous vide is? Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear the second one. And cooking with a cast iron pan, and 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 um, what's the other one? Um, pressure cookers. So I'm going to master that while I'm in whatever we call this period of our lives. Uh, be dude, something yeah good yeah my daughter's in Israel and be dude right now so yeah um oh, yeah, yeah no, so yeah. I'm gonna master that but um so if you were looking something really easy just stick with something that you love so I happen to like meat and salad so I would like just load up on like some really good proteins um and my my two books are full with easy easy recipes most recipes no one should get stressed because most of your recipes are just gluten-free all year in any case. So why can't you use your regular favorite recipe? Just make sure there's no gluten in there and you'll be fine. Amazing. That's true. Yeah. That's... Like just stick stick with what you know and what you love. Except for kidneys for most of our listeners. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course. But like I've actually have a recipe in my in my Pesach cookbook for quinoa hummus. So I've kind of like, yeah, we'll have to like get you this baby. Oh, it's actually sold out on Amazon. So that's really awesome. So the wow. only place you can get it is your local Judaica store or artscroll.com. And it's still in stock there. It's still in stock there, but who knows how long things are going to be shipped out for. Yeah, like, the apocalypse crazy is fast the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's one, one of the local places is uh, taking their, their final, final pace of hoarders and nothing after tomorrow. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit scary, but you know, this is what I tell everyone about like being prepared for Pesach. Right, make your menus now. You've got really not a lot going on, or I mean, I know it's hectic with the working from home and the kids are home. We've had this conversation earlier today, like whether they're big kids or small kids, there's a lot going on actually in the house. But take the time to write your actual menu and your shopping list. Like we're two weeks out now. So do it now. You're not even going to shop till next week, but spend this week. It's Monday night. Spend this week writing your menu. And I actually made on a menu template for people to download on my website, naominachman.com. And you can actually, it says Erev Yontif and it has a whole bunch of lines. And then um, what to eat Erev Yontif because there's a big stretch between, you know, Yontif coming in, Shulchan Aruch. So you need like an Erev Yontif meal. I think that's the most important meal out of the whole eight days. Because I hate going into say the hungry, so you um, you can write out what you want to make for Erevyantif, and then the seder, and then like plan the menu, and every day is planned out for you um, spaces, and you choose what you want to put in, and you know um, I have suggestions as well. Um, 
but I think it's really important to just stay on top of it and plan ahead. So planning ahead. Okay. That's, that's key. And what other tips do you have for people? You know, maybe, maybe it's just about the three day Yom Tov and a lot of people are, are doing for the first time, or maybe it's Pesach specific. Do you have tips to making Pesach pop? Pesach pop? Yeah. Well, not, not soda for Pesach. I mean, I know. the verb, you know, like make it pop, make the, make it wow. Um, yeah. There's no guest to impress anymore. I think, so. I think this whole Pesach is going to be a wow. Wow. For a lot of people. I, I've met people. Hopefully the good kind of wow. It's not so <laughs> the good kind of wow. I've had people show up my door buying, you know, can I buy a book off you? I have a habit to have a few cases of books in my house and people are coming by saying, I'm buying this for my wife. We've never made Pesach. My mother-in-law's never made Pesach. My wife, my mother's never made Pesach. Not me, not anyone in anyone's families. And this is going to help. But they're like, everyone's a little bit nervous. So I think whatever you do is going to be wow, because it's just going to be different. And you'll be at your own Seder table in your own home. And I think there's something so special about that. I grew up on a Pesach program. My dad ran the only Pesach program in Australia. So um, for 28 years. Um, and then he sold it to his mashkiach and he was going to have a program, but he closed it, you know, last week because um, of Corona. So it's even as far as Australia. Um, and um, <laughs> even Australia. Well, think about it where Australia is and Asia's right on top of it. So Australia yeah. got hit hard and fast. Sure. Yeah. I would have expected that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that people who have never had Pesach at home before are going to love it. Like I grew up on a Pesach program, but then when I got married, I couldn't always go to my parents in Australia. So I made Pesach at home myself as a, as a young bride and with young kids. And I have to say, I loved every minute of it. I guess I turned it into a Pesach empire of some sorts, but I love it. And, and have fun with the kids go by like, I don't know what Amazon shipping right now or not, or amazing savings. If you no, no, they get are, out. They I don't are. even know if you can get out to the stores anymore, but maybe have the kids like download some pictures of frogs and color them in in green and put them on the table. Like just decorate stuff, get the kids involved. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, how do you, how do you make You know, you've been doing Pesach at home for a long time. How do you make it uh, fun, exciting, engaging? How do you make the Seder different? How do you, oh, I, I, I how do you love, keep everyone I love, awake? Uh, it's really hard. Okay, everyone should take a nap. Definitely take a nap. But you know, when you hear something cool, I don't know if people know this because I'm very Pesach centric all the time. Pesach next year is starting on a Matzah Shabbos. So, Do you know that? Sorry? Next year, 2021? 2021. You know and that I don't already. Think we've had it like that in 17 years, <laughs> something like that. So you can have a really good Shabbos nap and then, and Shabbos Shittas, and then say the start that night, Matzah Shabbos. You're, you're, so, you're definitely a planner. I can see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, I live with Pesach all year. But but um, everyone should have a nap. Pesach starts really late. Go into the Seder refreshed, fed, hydrated. Um, and just, you know, have the kids say as much as they can. I mean, who knows what's going on this year, um, What how well the kids are going to be um, prepared. But I know my my daughter is in Halb. I have a 12-year-old in Halb, and they've been amazing um, at, zoom school so to so to speak halbert home they call it um and they are working with the kids to prepare them as best as they can but there's lots of really good stuff out there and great educational things and i know a lot of schools have reached out to me to do cooking demos and everyone's really banding together so there's a lot of shirim online even for kids 
Um, there's a lot of great stuff. What's um, okay? So we have take a nap, and we have make take a nap, prep. hydrate. Yes, prepare and prepare is key. You don't just walk into the seder and hope for the best. Yeah, no. You prepare. prepared your food. You prepared your seder. Prepare your food. Yeah, and just you know have a lot of fun with it. Just you know, you get you have to go into it very chill. I think we're relearning a lot of things as this is going on. I just I feel like people are really coming together for helping each other out a little bit more and being a little bit more patient. I think the world has been turned on its head in the last three weeks. I just, right. Do you feel that? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I cannot believe I was in Florida. I run cooking competitions. I chop competitions. I, I did five events in Florida. I came back on a Thursday night and Sunday morning, I left to Chicago to do two more events. It was three weeks ago. I, I can't believe what has happened in the last three weeks. Yeah, I think actually what, what struck me was there was a lot of conversation about who was deciding to close the shuls and like which, which order. And there was a lot of back and forth about like, this is overreaction or this is this is important. This is Pikuach Nefesh. It's not, et cetera. All of that like felt like it really dragged out and was, was tense. We were talking like two days apart. You know, like the 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 ones who were really quick to the game versus the ones who were medium to the game who were late to the game that that's four days total well some I, of the people that were late to the game their show members have got corona now uh no i i, I listen I, I no one's going to look back and say no, i was too cautious not. but it's just crazy how fast everything really happened it, it happened in the blink of an eye my daughter in Yushalayim, was in Yushalayim and she sent me a text about I don't know, a few hours ago, everything's, t I've lost tens of time because I'm in a peso kitchen all day. <laughs> and she goes, mom, there's no transportation in Shalim. They've now taken away. There's nothing. You cannot get around Shalim. It's shut down. Like it's really scary. When we got the email from the young Israel of Woodmere, which we are members of two weeks ago, whenever it was, um, saying there'll be no Friday night davening and the shul is closed. I actually cried. And I said that probably the last time this happened was during the war that they told people not to go to shul during world war ii in europe like it's a whole i mean it's a whole different situation thank god but nefesh, i guess in the same yeah i bill it's also been a real hero um naomi we are we're running out of time any final messages for your fans and your new fans? okay <laughs> um stay calm stay focused grab this book Grab this magazine. Grab this book. All my books oh. all have um, recipes in there for Pesach. Anybody that wants to reach out to me through my website, my Instagram, I will answer any questions about making Pesach. It is not so hard. It is so much fun. You're never going to go want to go away again. Okay, maybe you will want to go away again, but really just Don't have promise a good that. time with it. Enjoy the little moments because, you know, it's just being with family is as much as you can. And my parents are in Australia, my kids are in Israel and I'm home with only half of my kids. And I'm just, I want to enjoy every minute of it, but just breathe, enjoy. And, and really this is, this was Hashem's plan for us. I'm going to be a little bit. Sage advice. Naomi, thank you as always for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. And uh, have a easy rest of your work day. Thank you. I got a few more hours left to work tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. And we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Thank you. I'm in. Take care. Bye. Ciao. Take care.
to the rest of you, this has been OU Live. I'm Rabbi David Pardo. Um, hit the bell, subscribe, like, find our website, uh, whatever it is. And please be in touch, OULive at OU.org. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you want to talk to. In the meantime, uh, lots of homework assignments. <laughs> so, reach out to someone you love. Reach out to, reach out to uh, make some time for yourself. And I will, God willing, see you tomorrow. We're here every night, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Signing off. See you later.